Hey everybody, welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week we're reading Oath of Office by Jack Mars. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July and you still have your fingers because this one's a page turner. Fellas and ladies and uh, whoever else might be out there, welcome back to the Amazon Book Club. Sorry, it's a little sensitive beginning. I shouldn't have gone gendered right off the bat. Hey, everyone, from top to bottom, left to right, America and other countries, perhaps. Welcome back to the Amazon Book Club podcast. My name's Austin Hanna. I'm Ganesh Sarma. I'm Shane Burklow. And this week we're reading uh, somewhat of a patriotic book, it seems, in honor of the holiday that has just passed and will be weeks in the rear view Tis by the, the time season. this is released. Fourth uh, of July. What's this called, Ganesh? This book is called Oath of Office by Jack Mars. It's Jack Mars. Book two in the Luke Stone thriller series. This is oh the first God. case of the author's name being weirder than the main character's name. I don't know, man. Jack Mars, Luke Stone. Jack Mars is way weirder. Jack Mars sounds like he should be a, a Star Wars character or perhaps a character in the uh, Hank Space Jock series. If you recall our, our previous episodes, hey, that was Hal. Ha- I call him Hank. Hal and Hank are derivatives of the same name, right? Henry? No, Hal's not a short for Henry. No, is Hal short for something? Yeah. What? Halbert? No, like Halfred. Halfred. All right. Uh, so anyway, back on topic. Oath of Office. This is a uh, rousing jingoistic tale. <laughs> the cover is an American flag that appears to be in a war or some kind of cloud of. Aren't they all in wars? That's Yeah. We're all living in an endless war, right? Against the bourgeoisie. So oh. let's jump in and hear the uh, synopsis of this, this book. Oath of Office is book two in the best-selling Luke Stone series, which begins We're not starting with, book with one. any means necessary. Yeah, why not book one? <laughs> a biological agent is stolen from a biocontainment lab. Weaponized, it could kill millions. What's the point of that lab if it's there to contain stuff and people can just steal it? I don't know. That's that lab sucks. Yeah. Well, it's a lab, not a secure facility. I mean, who knows? We'll see. We'll get this is all the stuff that I hope is expounded upon in this book. And a desperate national hunt ensues to catch the terrorist before it's too late. Luke Stone, head of an elite FBI department with his own family still in jeopardy. Oh, the deep state. Has vowed to walk away. Mm. But when the new president, barely sworn in, calls him, he can't turn his back on her. <gasps> Ooh. Wow. There's the real twist. I'm with her, whoever this may be. Shocking devastation follows, winding its way all the way to the president who finds her own family in jeopardy. Mm -mm. Her strength tested as she steps into her new role. She surprises even her closest advisors. Rival presidential staff want Luke out of the picture. And with his team in danger and left to his own resources, it becomes personal. As it always should. Yeah, I think everything's personal. Well, it sounds like this president has is real uh, high energy. Yeah. But Luke Stone never gives up until he or the terrorists are dead. Damn. Yeah. Sounds like he's always won. Luke realizes quickly that the, that the terrorist's final target is even more high value and more terrifying 
than even he could imagine. Oh my god! What would that be to you guys? Oh man, um, the moon. That would be a pretty big target for me. Yeah. yeah. If I was bad, like if I was a real bad guy, I would definitely be like, I want the moon. Nobody's gone for that power play yet. It's just right there in front of our faces. Yeah, everyone's just going after tall buildings yeah. and go for the cars. Moon. It's and right there. It's a you can see it. It's a direct shot. Everybody can see it. But I think everyone would be affected. If you nuked the moon, would it really do anything? It's already full yeah, of craters it, anyway. It'd fuck up. It'd look cool. If you broke it into pieces. Oh, yeah, that would ruin everything. That would I ruin don't think all you of could, our, like, tides and shit. I, yeah, right. Yeah, fuck up the tides. If you nuked the moon with one nuke, would it do anything? What would happen tides? if you if you nuked Antarctica or, like, the Arctic? Yeah, Probably nothing. Probably nothing? Because no, that wouldn't would that melt? Fuck everything. Wouldn't that melt all the ice caps? I don't think that's not how that immediately. works. immediately. Yeah, they're not that hot. What? Yeah, no. A nuke? No, no. Antarctica's... No, not I don't think big, one nuke would big. melt all the ice caps. We've blonde, we've exploded nukes on this earth many times. Hundreds, but not, not, not in the Arctic. You think once is going to melt it's the whole thing? It's like an I ice cube. That's it's the, got like land. That's an elementary It's already in bad shape. No, Ganesh, that's a question that a child should ask. Not an adult. Well, I'm asking it. <laughs> well, the answer is no. All right. So let's prove jump. it. Well, if I got to got to do what I got to do. You want to jump into this stupid book? Yeah, it sounds like... Uh, That's not fair. This could be a very smart book. Uh, actually, first, we got to sing the national anthem. No, we don't. Our national anthem is that we read the first page, yeah. the 25% That's mark. right, the 50% mark, 75% mark, and then the last page. That's what we do here on this podcast. That's what we do. And then we determine if it's a good or bad book. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to say this one seems like a bad book, but I'm willing... I have an open mind. It says it's uh, nas- like a best-selling... They all say that. Because they're makes, free. They're free. Yeah. I hate that logic. Guess what? The save right coupons in your mailbox. That's the best selling coupons in the world because they just come right to your door. What are those? I don't know. I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's jump. Let's, uh, let's just jump in. Let's read it. All right, let's jump in now to the first page of, uh, what's this, Oath of Honor? Who that Oath? What's the Oath? Oath of Office. Oath of Office. That's the more common Oaths phrase. of Office. Yeah, it's about the horse president. <laughs> All right, let's read. Chapter 1, June 6th, 3.47 p.m. Oh, I thought it was going to be the year. I was like, whoa. Year, it's <laughs> three forty-seven. Flashback. 000. It's year 3.47. Of America. Dewey Beach, Delaware. Luke's- Haven't been. Luke Stone's entire body trembled. He looked at his right hand, his gun hand. Ew. That's what he, I call my right hand. My gun hand. For unrelated reasons. Because I don't shoot. I don't shoot a gun, but that's what I do call it. Yes, because it shoots. He watched his shake as he as it rested on his thigh. Uh-huh. He couldn't get it to stop. Oh boy. Wait, what's going on with his thigh? He's feeling anxious, is what I'm gathering. Oh boy. Either he's dying or having an orgasm. He felt nauseated, sick enough to vomit. Mm, maybe an orgasm. <laughs> the, s- <laughs> the sun was moving west, and the brightness of it made him dizzy. No surprise there. No, nope, that's the way it goes. Well, Go- the sun was moving east. Now that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be that's anxious you, too. That's when you open fire. <laughs> On the sun? <laughs> the sun. Yeah. <laughs> you're, no, you're not the sun I know. Go time was in 13 minutes. He sat in the driver's seat of a black Mercedes M-Series SUV, staring down the block at the house where his family might be. His wife... Rebecca and his son Becky. Gunner. Gun. Uh, he would. This guy. This guy's obsessed with guns. Gunner. Oh, imagine if you were named after a weapon. I know. Yeah, I'm after, Taser. Off your jack off hand. Oh. Hello, I'm Sword. 
<laughs> I'm Hatchet. Good to meet you. Actually, Hatchet's not a bad name. That's Hatchet great. Hannah. Oh, oh man. That's good. Oh, here you go. Sorry, sorry, yeah, Jane. I'll be at your son's bris. <laughs> hey, Hatchet, get ready. It's me, Sword. <laughs> His mind wanted to conjure images of them, but he wouldn't allow it. They could be somewhere else. They could be dead. Yeah, why not? Their bodies could be chained to cinder blocks with heavy shipping chains and <laughs> rotting at the bottom of the Chesapeake Bay. I suppose Excuse that's always an option. Excuse me? Yeah. For a split second, he saw Rebecca's hair moving like seaweed back and forth with the current deep underwater. He shook his head to clear it. Becca and Gunner oh, had been abducted last night by agents working for the men who had taken down the United States government. Oh, shit. They sound like guys you don't want to fuck with. It was a coup d'etat. Of my family. <laughs> yeah. And its planners had taken Stone's family as a bargaining chip, hoping to stop him from toppling the new government in turn. Damn, I wish we read book one. This sounds like an insane aftermath we're dealing with. Yeah, it sounds like the shit has hit the fan yeah. already. It hadn't worked. This is a post-shit fan. This is like a, just as like a smelly fan. Yeah, yeah. The shit's flown off. Yeah. It's everywhere. We're just dealing with the leftovers now. That's the place. Ed Newsom said. Is it? Stone said. He looked at his partner in the passenger seat. You know that? Ed Newsom was big, black, and rippling muscle. Oh, baby. He looked like a linebacker in the NFL. I want Ed Newsom of that. There was no softness to him anywhere. He wore a close-cropped beard and a flat-top haircut. His massive arms were dark with tattoos. Damn, I can totally envision this guy. Hard Ed. Yeah, hard Ed. Ed Hardy. Ed had <gasps> killed six men yesterday. Damn, Ed. He had been strafed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He had been strafed by machine gun fire. A flak vest had saved his life, but a okay. stray bullet what? had found his pelvis. Like where? Ed's the coolest character in literature. Wait, so Ed's walking around with a bullet in his pelvis? Yeah. Is Cracked it. <laughs> Cracked it. Aren't we all? Ed's wheelchair was in the back of the car. This is a gross episode, everybody. Neither Ed nor Luke had slept in two days. Sorry, Mom. Ed looked at the tablet computer in his hand. He shrugged. That's definitely the house. If they're in there or not, I don't know. Guess we're about to find out. The house was an That's old... That's Ed's voice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really misunderstood. You, uh, you underestimated Ed when you, you first saw what? that name. It's yeah. too late. By the time I already I, did it. I kind of like Ed with that voice, though. Yeah, he's tender, too. He's on steroids. No, there's nothing soft about him is what I heard. Except yeah. the voice. The voice, The yeah. vocal cords. That's what I'm saying. Oh. The house was an old three-bedroom beach house, a little bit rambling, three blocks from the Atlantic Ocean. Some beach house, three blocks. Yeah. It fronted the bay and had a small dock. Where? Into the driveway? This is three blocks from the ocean. <laughs> yeah, what's Just right out into the street. We have a dock out into the cul-de-sac. And it sounds like they're closer to the bay than they are the ocean. Uh, hmm. They're so, preparing for when the tides So why rise. base the... Oh. Okay. If they're closer to the bay than the ocean, then why mention how many blocks from the ocean they are? This writer's got a lot of problems. Has he ever been to the Chesapeake Bay? <sighs> you could pull a 30-foot boat right up behind it, walk 10 feet of dock, climb a few steps, and enter the house. Ed Newsom's got 10 feet of dock. <laughs> it's that bullet <laughs> stuck in his pelvis. Night was a good time to <laughs> do this. Feet. The CIA had used the place as a safe house for decades. In the summer, Dewey Beach was so crowded with vacationers and college-aged party types, the spooks could sneak Osama bin Laden in there and no one would notice. Don't talk about Ed like that. When the hit comes, they don't want us in on it, Ed said. We don't even have an assignment. You know that, right? Luke nodded. I know. The FBI was... Wait, was that Ed? 
That was Luke. Oh, Luke. Sorry, my bad. I got to pay attention to this. The FBI was the lead agency on this raid, along with a Delaware State Police SWAT team that had come down from Wilmington. God, imagine how boring it must be to be the Delaware SWAT team. Hey, will they get a free trip to Dewey Beach? That's right. We're going down to the beach. Dewey days. Beach sounds like something you'd see in Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Like, what would it mean? Uh, like this girl got me straight up Dewey Beach. Dewey Beach could be like when it's really hot and you're sweating a lot. That's kind of what I meant. But like... In a grosser way. Oh, like it. I got to get my mind out of the gutter for this episode. Yeah, clean it up for Dewey Beach. They had been quietly amassing in the neighborhood for the past hour. Luke had seen these things unfold a hundred times. A Verizon Fios van was parked down at the end of the block. A product oh. placement in this book. We got yeah, Mercedes. Branding. We got Verizon Fios. It really brings me into the world. I believe it now. Maybe this guy's like banking on some that residuals. Fi- that Fios money. That had to be FBI. A fishing boat was anchored about a hundred yards out in the bay. It was a kingfisher, I think. Also feds. In a few minutes at 4 p.m., that boat would make a sudden run right at the safe house dock. At that same instant, an armored truck from SWAT would come roaring down the street. Another would come Brinks. down the street one block over in case anyone tried to make an escape through the backyards. They were going to hit hard and fast, and they would leave no wiggle room at all. All right. Sounds like SWAT. Yeah, that's SWAT. Luke and Ed were not invited. Why would they be? They're not SWAT. The cops and feds were going to run this thing by the book. The book said Luke had no objectivity. It was his family in there. If he went in, he would lose his head. He would put himself, his family, the other officers, and the entire operation at risk. That sounds like legit. Like, I don't think you should be involved in your own family sausage situation. Yeah, you're too close to it. If I was taken. No, he killed a lot of people who didn't need to be killed. He's barely the hero of that story. Yeah, he killed He kills an insane amount of people. Yeah, but those people are... Bad dudes. What? So you're judge, jury, and executioner, huh? A hundred people deserve to be killed on the spot by Liam Neeson because her dumbass daughter went to France and got in a taxi. They're just stranger. Yeah, they're just working for a paycheck. Maybe they're not bad. Well, no. Mm. Human traffickers are bad, but they're adjacent friends. Yeah, and what do you think they were just like? I've never seen it. I think it was like white collar crime or some shit. Even that. Fuck it. But either way, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say what everybody's thinking. Human traffickers are bad, but their friends are probably fine. Someone's got to say it. Someone's got to stand up for the friends of the human trafficker. I don't know he's human trafficking. Like, yeah, yeah, that's bad. But I'm not doing it. I'm he, just in his apartment. He shouldn't even be on the street right now. I'm going to get us out of this real quick. <laughs> I want to stay with it. Those people were not bad and take it. Yeah, they're just hanging people out. Run, well, some, a lot of them were bad. Okay, don't what get me wrong. What are you talking about? They all, they were all bad people. Every single person in that movie who died was not a human trafficker. Some of them were just like a guy who was like in the apartment. Yeah, with like a gun sitting there like polishing a gun at a table. Not having, polishing a gun is not a bad thing. Just ask, go. Oh, what's his You're name? You're in a house full Ed of Newsom. human traffickers and prisoners. <laughs> that guy's polishing his gun every now like twenty. Four seven. Yeah, this guy can't get enough. He's always working on his gun. Yeah, and guns. Anyway, that's a perfect segue back into the rippled uh, muscles of Ed. He shouldn't even be on the street right now. He shouldn't be anywhere near here. That's what the book said. But Luke knew the type of men inside that house. He probably knew them better than the FBI or SWAT. They were desperate right now. They had gone all in on a government overthrow and the plot had failed. I know better than SWAT. They were looking down the barrel at treason, kidnapping, and murder charges. 300 people had died in the coup attempt and counting, including the president of the United States. That's like not a lot. What? They killed the woman? president mm-hmm. no i think the woman's the a new president they yeah. killed the last president she was the vp she was sarah palin and the president was John oh, God. <laughs> this is an alternate history Ugh. the white house was destroyed uh, it was radioactive that's fine it might be years before it was rebuilt no nah, don't build it 
It's like a second Death Star. Yeah. That's like uh, current events right now. Yeah. That's basically like a get out of jail free pass. Like you might as well just restart if we we're already that far down the line. Try something else. Yeah, seriously. This, this one didn't work. This one led to this. So maybe let's just give something else a go. Mm-hmm. Luke had been with the new president last night and this morning. She was not in the mood for mercy. Ooh, last night and this morning, huh, Luke? What about in between? How kind of like breakfast does she like? <laughs> <laughs> the law was on the books. Madam President, that dress looks great on my floor. <laughs> <laughs> Treason was punishable by death. Hanging, firing squad. The country might go old school for a little while. That's overkill. And if so, men like the ones inside that house were going to get the brunt of it. The country might go old school. Like, that's a good thing. Yeah. Let's draw and quarter them. <laughs> Doing MAGA executions. Yeah. Let's burn them at the stake. Um, is that what we're done? We're done with the first page. We're going to stop right there. This book sounds intense as hell. There's a big moment happening right off the bat. It's yeah. crazy. I like it. I mean, I mean, I don't like it. The politics seem fascist at best, but I'm willing to roll with it. This definitely comes from an era of like Tom Clancy. Yeah. When is this book like, from? Is there, can we get a, is there a year on this thing? It was like 2017. I'd be like, what are you doing, dude? This book came out in 2016. Uh, timely. The only important thing that happened that year. Oath of office. Uh, okay, great. Let's jump ahead now to the 25% mark and see what kind of hell is happening on this earth. All right. Uh, 25% mark. Let's jump, right? 25%? We read a page of this already. This isn't the first page, is it? I bl- no. I've blacked out. Uh, okay, let's jump ahead to the 25% mark and see what's happening with uh, Luke... Stone, Lukey, and, and uh, Edward. Big Ed mm. Mm. Big Ed. 9.55 a.m. Galveston National Laboratory, campus of the University of Texas Medical Branch, Galveston, Texas. All right, I get it. On the coast. Is that right? Yeah, Gulf Coast. I don't know anything about the geography of Texas. Yeah, it gets hit by all those hurricanes. Good. Every year. That's where you keep all the important... Uh, Documents. No, this is this where they had like the virus. <laughs> is that where they got it from? Or is that a different lab? Well, find we'll find out. Let's go. <laughs> Who are you asking? Anyway, where is this? Galveston, Texas? Yeah. All right. So south of Houston. Okay. We're too far behind. Is, it, is that on the coast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on the Gulf Coast. Oh, okay. Trudy said. Her voice trembled the slightest amount. She said it abruptly. Trudy's my grandma's name. How's she doing? Uh, Not well. Trudy had become uncharacteristically quiet on the second half of the flight down here. While Swan and Newsom traded tall tales. Whoa. Swan. She had I hope it's a real swan. With like a little coat. Yeah. And a, a magnifying glass and a little uh, detective's cap. She had sat with her head against the window typing notes into her tablet. Now Luke watched her. Who types on a tablet? Get yourself a laptop. She and Swan were unpacking laptop computers and setting them up on a log table. Come on, <laughs> Use that. Inefficient. Just unpack that first. Yeah. Luke's team was in an old classroom. The room was on the seventh floor on the other side of the building from the BSL-4 lab. And down at the end of the long hallway, it was quiet up here. There was nobody around. This was their operation <laughs> center. All right. Was it written that way or did you just make it seem scary? This didn't strike me as a horror book, but now I'm scared. The room looked like it hadn't been used in years. Luke, Luke, Luke <laughs> ran a finger along the windowsill. Is that old Squeak. Ben? <laughs> it was coated with a fine layer of dust. Oh. The lab heads wanted to seem like they were cooperating, but this was less than robust cooperation. Luke got the feeling that they were tucked away back here because no one wanted them snooping around the facility. Well, it wasn't going to matter what the lab people wanted. He glanced out the window at the sunny, sticky South Texas morning. 
Yum. Tell me, he said. <laughs> Whoa, booming. She didn't even look at him. I've been running numbers and scenarios. The situation is very, very bad. Worse than I even thought at first. This crime took place four days ago. It might as well have been a year. I'm listening, he said. Well, there's no reason to assume the vial is still in the hands of the person who stole it. In fact, I'd say the chances are 99% that it isn't. Well, that's a pretty high chance. Bad guys always want the vial. Yeah. Or like the briefcase. But the bad guy never does the vial stealing. They have some little uh, henchman go do it and then knock him out. And then and boom, the vial's mine. Yeah. But even the really good bad guys, they have a middleman. They have a second henchman. But where's the antidote at? And then, well, who gives it? What, you know, need for the antidote. He wants to kill everybody, right? He's just a bad guy. He's bad. Did they ever say the motivation? He's a terrorist. He just wants to kill people. He's not trying to like threaten us with it and then cure us. He's sounds just, like he wanted to overthrow the government. Yeah, well, sounds, sounds like, like they did. Yeah, they did. Right. Props, dude. Wait. Props. So is in. I got. Well, you guys don't know the answer to this either, but. I wonder if the new the president ask. is one that they put in and she's like bad. Oh, no, no. Because he spent all night with her. Don't let yeah. So she was a replacement. Hey, nothing wrong with spending a night with somebody a little bad is what Ed Newsom would say if he were here. But I think that basically, the, no, I think that she's probably a good president. I think it's implied that she is like a good guy take who does not want to. Uh, she's not installed by the terrorists. Do you think anyone said that about Dick Cheney? What? It's hey, sometimes you can spend a night with somebody bad. No. Well, I mean, he has a wife, right? He has children. Does he? Yeah. He's an elephant heart. Yeah, they uh he he burned through a whole bunch of hearts. So hey, he's a heart heartbreaker. It probably passed hands and got in an airplane the same night it was stolen, or very early the next morning. So we're looking at a possible operations radius that includes the entire world. Oh well, <laughs> that's the whole thing. The oh, vial yeah. could be anywhere <laughs> on earth now. But have they thought about the moon? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is going to the moon. See, that's why the moon's a good choice. Because it's like, well, we looked all over the whole Earth. I give up. There's Guess no what? way it could be on the moon. No way. But it is. Luke hadn't allowed himself to think about it in that way. He wasn't ready to search the whole world. <laughs> Not yet. At this point, he was more concerned about Trudy than the Ebola. I haven't had my coffee. Yeah. I was like, where's my <laughs> cup of joe before I take this, <laughs> take this one on? He had seen a lot of breakdowns in his time as a soldier and an operative, and Trudy was beginning to look like a candidate for one. He couldn't say he blamed her. It had been a hell of a past week. The government had nearly toppled, and people were wondering what she knew and oh, when. We're still like a week out, and Trudy is a uh, apparently a uh, suspect. No. No? She's just bogged down by the stress. But didn't they just say, what is that last sentence? It said that the whole world thinks that she's uh read that again. Am I crazy? You can cut this whole thing if I'm wrong. I'm trying to get a handle on the story, though. What was that last sentence you read? It had been a hell of a past week. Yeah. After that, Trudy was beginning to look like a candidate for one. Yeah, the last sentence. Oh, keep going. <laughs> he had seen a lot of breakdowns in his time as a soldier and an operative. And Trudy was beginning to look like a candidate for one. And he couldn't say he blamed her. It had been a hell of a past week. And <laughs> keep going. No. All I'm getting. The government from, had near, nearly been toppled and people were wondering what she knew and when. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so she's she made, the me, focus. You made me seem crazy for a good minute and a half. I think I just caught part of the plot that you did. She's a little culpable. Huh? Trudy did it. Or at least they think she had something to do with Terrible it. Terrible terrorist Trudy. That's the color. The triple threat. Triple T. T uh, cubed. Tease notes. Uh, so Trudy is bad, maybe. And what a twist. Don Morris, her boss until very recently, and the man with whom she'd been having an affair, was in federal prison as a co-conspirator. 
She was under a lot of stress. Everyone had their breaking point. Why is she still able to work with these people? She's clearly has she's some compromised. Bad connections. Yeah, get her out of there. Get her off the squad. Yeah. With okay. the swanman. You're a loose cannon, Drudy. He said. Give me your badge. We're gonna take this one step at a time. We're still crawling right now. She shook her head. We've taken no steps. You don't get it. The Ebola is already weaponized. Whoa! It's Ebola. That was the E word. Boogie, woogie, woogie. All that's required now is to multiply it, which is a pretty straightforward affair. College students could do it. You could set up a lab in Syria, say, or in the tribal areas of Pakistan, or in northern Nigeria. Or maybe Galveston. Or outside the reach of any law or state. If you make enough of this stuff, then we're talking about the potential for multiple attacks again and again with one of the most dangerous substances known to man. What are the side effects of Ebola? Uh, uh, black de- throw up. Death. Really? Yeah. That's and then bad. black shit come out of your all, every like hole in your body. Yeah. And you... You read the hot zone? Remember when there was a bowl in New York? Yeah. And he went to the meatball shop. And he went to the meatball shop. They went bowling in Williamsburg. We like dipshit. He went to like two very public places. There was a man with Ebola on the L train. Yeah. And nobody got it. Huh. Which is why I lick the poles. Keeps your immune system keeps fighting. Keeps immune system tough, yeah. Luke thought about what she was saying for a long moment. Wouldn't it take a lot of time and expertise to build a lab like that? I mean, look at this place. Nah. He gestured ironically at, a, at the empty low-tech classroom. It must have cost a billion dollars. Oh, he's, he's joking. A jokester. Sense of humor on this guy. She shook her head emphatically. It doesn't matter what we spend on facilities. This is the United States. You can do the same thing only faster and on the cheap, especially if the people handling the virus are true believers. You're not concerned with safety. You're building to the barest minimum standards. What kind of terrorists are we talking about here? You don't care if your people get sick. International. Oh, those are the worst kind. Also, this theft was obviously planned months, if not years, in advance. They could have built the lab two years ago, waiting for this day. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Remember in the 80s when terrorists in movies were always like weird-ass countries? Like in Back to the Future, they're Libyans. Yeah. And then they're like German and uh, Die Hard. Uh, and then in The Rock, they were just like former Special Forces people, right? Isn't it like that now? No. Mm, you seen a movie since 9-11? When yeah, are terrorists anything other than Middle Eastern? What's one movie with a European terrorist? Uh, Born. Taken. I told you, those guys were good guys. Uh, Born. Yeah, Born oh, is like Russia. Are they terrorists? No, because he's just fighting uh, mainly against the people that used to handle him. Yeah, so like the government. So yeah, they are terrorists. They are the biggest terrorists. Ha. Oh, Luke felt that familiar, sick feeling in the pit of his stomach. It was an old friend by now. Trudy was right. Of course she was. They were far behind. Another orgasm. He would call (laughs) the president today and tell her they needed more resources. Hell, they needed a gigantic manhunt. They needed Navy SEAL and Delta Force operators banging down doors and busting through walls. Sounds like there's a gigantic man already with them. Ed. Big Ed. Big Ed. That's a gigantic manhunt. And that would come. Yeah. But first, he needed, but first he needed to steer this conversation back onto a productive course. There were things they could do right here and right now, and they needed to start doing them. Oh. The thief wasn't so far ahead that they couldn't catch up. Yeah. This would be a good time for them to throw in another product placement. Yeah. Just do it. Nike. Just as the great Nike says. I'm glad I got like an authentic chortle out of you. <laughs> that's all you get. <laughs> one snort. That's the, huh. first, that's the first time Ganesh has been entertained in 25 episodes. Huh. Cool. (laughs) The first thing we needed to do is figure out where the woman went, he said to the room. Can we do that? No. Trudy shook her head. (laughs) No. Let's just say the possibilities are unlimited. I I mean, mean, no, sir. (laughs) It's the ultimate 
needle in a haystack. Why? Luke said. Hey. He knew why, but he needed to hear it. Somebody's got to ask him. It would help him clarify his own thoughts. Trudy shrugged. She could have gone anywhere by any means. She could be recovering from facial surgery by now with a dye job and a whole new identity. She had too many options available for us to calculate. First off, she disappeared in Texas, a state with 30 million people and a dozen major highways. We're not far from Houston, where there are two major airports. Then there's San Antonio, Austin, and Dallas, all major hubs of transportation. Not to mention, she could have gone right out of Galveston by air or sea. You know, she's right. Crimes are unsolvable in Texas, is what I've heard. Did she... That does she teach Texas 101 yeah. somewhere? Wow, she I just knows learned the exact a lot. number of highways. 30 million people live in Texas. Is that right? Hey, probably. everything's bigger in Texas. Oh, that's right. 30 million huge people. Yeah, that's probably the heaviest plot of land in the whole world. That's true. Yeah, large, <coughs> large folks down there. A lot of fried food. Big boys, mm. big huskers. They call them hosses down there. Oh, yeah, big hosses. Yeah. Ed Newsom grunted. Some real steers, if you know what I mean. He yeah. leaned against a blank white wall, his crutches next to him. If I'm carrying precious cargo, no way I'm flying out with regular folks at a public airport. Too risky. Oh, precious. One chance in a hundred, they spot a little vial like that during a security check. But what if they do? You give a bowl to the TSA agent. Back off, bitch. I'm getting on this plane. You went to all that trouble to steal the prize only to lose it the next day at the airport? Uh-uh. <laughs> Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, sir. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Sir, uh-uh, sir. <laughs> sir, I gotta say, uh-uh. And it kills me to say it, but uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> sure, Trudy said. But that's assuming she didn't drive her car out to the West Texas Hill Country. What if she did? What if she drove out in the middle of nowhere away from any security or traffic cameras Jeez. and someone picked her up? Then what? Not a really, not a, not a real can-do <laughs> attitude among this team. Just All crying. right, <laughs> Luke <laughs> said. Kenesha's borderline, delirious crying voice is always a welcome addition to the podcast. He raised a hand as if to say stop. Even so, he liked where this was going. He likes to watch his <laughs> put up his hand and cry. Said, he put up his hand and said, "Keep going." <laughs> He's no. Uh, the guy's like, "Uh uh-uh, uh," and he just like, "Uh huh." <laughs> uh, I, I say, sir. Uh huh. <laughs> Respectfully, sir. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I protest. Uh-uh. If I may, sir. Uh-huh. As my father said to his commander, uh-uh. These people were thinking. Their minds were sparking off each other, reaching out across time and space, making connections. This was how they were going to track down that woman. Connections, networking, the collabing, LinkedIn, collab sesh. Let's dial this thing back to the beginning, he said. We're going to go to Vile Enthusiast's Facebook. Don't page. assume anything, right? This is a secure facility. That means there are video cameras in the parking lot. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Maybe yeah, they were working the that camera. night. Maybe oh, they were. The Ebola's long gone. What do we do? Maybe uh, do some detective or dipshit. got some cameras out there in the parking lot, maybe. Well, there's also <laughs> going to be traffic cams on the roads leading over to the highway and security cameras on entryways to businesses in alleyways and parking lots. We get it, buddy. She's going to be picked up as a peripheral image on a lot of footage. We live in a surveillance state. And let's check the Instagram hashtag for a bowl of vial. <laughs> True <laughs> enough. One picture. Wow. True and it's said. geotagged. <laughs> Hot lead. So we start from the moment she left the grounds. We have that time, right? Trudy nodded. We have the security guard's testimony. Also, if it wasn't down, the electronic key system will have data on her ID passing out of the building. Okay, this all seems like real basic stuff that you should have looked at immediately. Perfect. 
Luke said. What was she driving again? A jalopy. Trudy glanced at her tablet. A blue BMW Z4 convertible. Damn. Texas plates. Great. What, they have the plates? It's a distinctive car. It doesn't look like everything else. (laughs) Find that car on camera, then follow it out from here in an ever-expanding arc. See where she went. It seems like there's like a lot to go on. Yeah. It seems like a really easy case to solve. These are good leads. Oh, we're done. Okay. That's uh, it. Uh, I'm heavily critical of the police department here. This is... This guy's I mean, a police. He's FBI. FBI. Wow. The police were like, what do we do? They just had their thumbs up their asses. And then the FBI guy came in and was like, do they have cameras? And the cops were like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're too busy hassling fucking immigrants or something. Ugh. That's Texas. That's Texas. Don't mess with Texas. All right. They'll put you in a cage. Hey, now let's jump ahead to the 50% mark. And uh, right. I mean, this book's okay. I'm all right with it. I have no complaints. I don't have much to say about it, but it's, it's fine. It's I just want to see yeah. where it goes. I want to get into some gunplay. Yeah. I want to see some bullets being I fired. I want to see Gunner I wanna see, live up to his name. Oh, shit. I want to see Ed Newsom firing guns at Gunner in, the, in a battle. Whoa. Does will Ed the bad guy there? No. Gunner is. Gunner turns the, on his dad. The mastermind. He plotted this. Yeah, he's 12 years old. All right, let's jump ahead now. Here we go. Fifty percent of uh, oath taker, oath uh, the oath taker, the oath, the oath taker, oath of office, oath of office. Five thirty-five p.m. Kadish <laughs> has no patience. Joint interagency task force, South Naval Air Station, Key West. What I, are these words? I love that this book starts off like a movie does, with a little location at the bottom, like we're jumping around, and it comes into the book like like typewriter. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining. Luke sat on the phone listening to the elevator music. Don't sit on the phone, Luke. And trying not to feel sorry for himself. Piano notes tinkled in his ear. (laughs) (laughs) Playing a watered down version of some song (laughs) that had been popular 20 years before. Tinkled? Watered? Hmm. Someone's got to pee. This was the whole music of Susan Hopkins' new White House. Oh, President Hopkins. Now we have the name. Sue. Lady Sue. Susie Hops. A few moments before, Ed Newsom had stormed out of the room on his crutches. Oh, no. Somebody, <laughs> fi- somebody finally cut Ed down in his prime. Now that bullet's acting up in his pelvis. That's maybe. right. It's, it's transferred down to his legs. Ed was upset the kid had died. Ooh. Ed was quiet for several minutes. Then, then he exploded, shouting at Gunner? Luke. Did Gunner die? No. You designed a mission. You got to do it up, man. <laughs> you don't send us in for some half-assed mission. We gonna do a raid? <laughs> we go in guns blazing. Dude, I love Ed's voice. <laughs> I didn't send you on a mission, Ed. I was there with you. Remember? Ed talks like he was struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> he was. That's how he got so strong. Ed shook his head. It was half-assed, man. Don't pretend it wasn't. We got kids with no experience. We got some Saudi Arabian on a boat we don't know nothing about. We got five minutes or less to get him out. Is he going to run? Of course he's going to run. So we get some dumbass boy killed and we didn't even get the target. And you had him. And what did you do? Shot him in the hand. <laughs> Holy shit. 
my God. You didn't even get the torque it. You I, shot him in the hand. I love Ed Newsome, dude. Yeah. I want this book to be about him. Uh, he's the star. The silent star. What was I supposed to do, Ed? Not so silent in this scene. Have a gunfight with half the Cuban Navy and Air Force? I mean, sure. That would have gotten us all killed. It's high stakes. Shoot him in the head, Luke. That's what you do. You shoot him in the head. <laughs> now you got him laughing at us. That's when Ed walked out. Oh, bye. Luke felt bad about the <laughs> argument. <laughs> that was the end. See you later, Ed. He understood what Ed was going through. He was feeling it himself. Charlie something had died and it would turned out for nothing. <laughs> Charlie something? Was it a half-assed mission? Private something. He didn't want to think of it that way. <laughs> but maybe it was. On the phone, one saccharine sweet song ended and another began. He glanced at his watch. They had kept him waiting until after the attack was scheduled to happen. That little fact told him all he needed to know. Mm, that little fact. <laughs> he paced the room in the makeshift command center. It was a small room down the hall from the Dutch Air Force command office. Where are they? Who's fighting Cuba with the a moon? Dutch fucking, oh, hell yeah. That's right. They all met up on the moon. We missed that part. Which operated a small subgroup out of... The Cuban, here in concert with the Americans. The Cuban Navy has a huge stranglehold on the moon. <laughs> they have a big presence. <laughs> and patrolled the Caribbean basin all the way down to Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao. Caribbean, you mean? You say Caribbean like you're on the fucking Disney World ride? Wait. Trudy and Swan are at the table. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, but, well, that's Pirates of the Caribbean on the ride. Pirates of that's the... the only time I hear people say Caribbean is when you're talking about like the ride. And not even the movie. Caribbean. Actually, no. The movie is called Pirates of the Caribbean, too. Yeah. Monitoring computer data for any evidence tomato, of an unfolding tomato. attack. Can I get through a fucking sentence? Jesus Christ. No, sure. that's the whole point of this book, you friggin' dink. <laughs> the music had stopped abruptly. I mean podcast. Susan oh. Hopkins' voice came Who's out of dink? Luke's handset. The dink has been dinked. <laughs> All right, read the book. You know, we'll sit quietly for 25 minutes and you can read the whole book. Dink's dunking on dinks over here. Uh, go going. on, continue. Dink. Luke, I don't have a whole lot of time to talk. You've put me in an awkward position. You're probably the best agent we have, but there's no way we can use you for anything now. <laughs> cool. Can yeah. we please put me aside for the time being? Catch 22, Luke said. If there's been an attack, we need to respond to it. If there hasn't been an attack, we can still stop it. Monk came on the line. Oh, Tony Jaloub? Is he off-Broadway now? Stone, do you, do you know that successive administrations have spent the past 10 years repairing our diplomatic relationships with Cuba? <laughs> so what was that, sir? That's <laughs> not Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> yeah, he could do that. Tony's got range. And one afternoon, you've sent the re that relationship back to the depths of the Cold War. Co corn War? <laughs> yeah, the Great War over the corn. Oh, man, that was a big one. <laughs> okay, Richard, Luke said. You seem to have an axe to grind. I don't have an axe to grind, Stone. Your behavior is out of control. This is hurting my ears. You accused the director of the Galveston National Laboratory of having an affair with the terrorist who stole the Ebola virus. Kanisha's standing 100 yards from the microphone. <laughs> Luke rubbed his eyes. He admitted that he did it. Well, he's denying it now. He said you extracted a false confession from him under duress. Luke shook his head. If that's what he thinks, then he's never experienced the duress. Duress? Like the, the condom company? Ribbed for their pleasure. All I did was ask him some questions. I can deliver a lot more duress than that. I bet you can. We know that much, <laughs> Richard said. Like shooting a hole through the hand of a member of the Saudi royal family. Don't even get me started on that. Our entire embassy staff is being ejected from Saudi Arabia as we speak. You've set that relationship back to a place it's never been before. What you've done there, we have nothing to compare it to. What a shame to have a poor relationship with the Saudi royal family. Truly the angels of this world. <laughs> good people over there good solid I love a good family 
family unit. Mother, father, all the kids, all a couple hundred or whatever. And then especially that one kid that uh, got all those other family members arrested. Yeah, you arrest your other kids, whatever. Who cares? And you cut off some people's heads. Hey, we're having fun over here. That's living. But now that we've studied your personnel record, we see that you have a long history of exactly this type of thing. Violent incidents, allegations of torture, overstepped authority. Isn't this like the whole FBI staying? They seems like he's right for the job. Yeah, these are all like what they're looking for when they're recruiting <laughs> That's people. That's why we're promoting. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did someone tell you that it was okay to invade Cuba? Or did you just think of it all on your own and you know, decide this, to do it? That's pretty badass. One guy can invade Cuba. You probably keep him around. You don't want this guy out there as a freelancer. One person showing up. That's not invading. It sounds like it's he just got like going somewhere. Yeah, but if you showed up to Cuba, nobody's fucking with you. This guy showed up and caused a war. You couldn't do that. Could you? I dare you. He could. Kanish could. You he think could. he could? Yeah. I'd blend in. I'd blend right in. <laughs> yeah, you, the Cubans would be like, hey. <laughs> sure, this guy looks Cuban. As long as I didn't open my mouth. I'd blend in. Do you think that you look Cuban? I could pull it off. Just give me give me some, uh, some trimmers. Just need to cut down my beard to a mustache. I think you look more Indian with a mustache. Mm-hmm. I think the beard would do you a favor in Cuba. Or perhaps clean shaven. I do clean. have that. Uh, a mustache, you look real Indian. I used to have that Fidel Castro jacket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a cool and phase. And the Fidel Castro beard. <laughs> yeah, Ganesh was a uh, Fidel Castro cosplayer for a while there in college. It's a whirlwind time. Is Susan still on this call? A lot of drugs, Luke said. <laughs> Her voice came back on. Yes, was all she said. Susan, Omar knew about the attack. He knew the vial had been stolen. Susan, like the president? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sue, you there? Sue. You Sue. want Sue? Sue? Hey, unmute Sue. He was probably the one who paid for the theft to happen. We need to have the Cuban government hand him over to us. Sue, are you on speakerphone? That won't be possible. Monk said, it has to be possible. He's the only link we have. The Cuban medics traded his hand and then he boarded a private jet that was already waiting for him at the Jose Marti Airport in Havana. Where did he go? He didn't file a flight plan with us, Monk said, but we assume he's headed back home to Saudi Arabia. You're very lucky you're not headed there yourself. Took advantage of that sweet Cuban healthcare first, though. Mm. Are you Susan? Luke said. He had just about had it with this guy. You don't sound like Susan. I called to talk to Susan. Luke, uh, Susan said. You can call me Madam President. I'm not sure we have anything to talk about right now. Susan. <laughs> number of times you've said Susan in the last 30 seconds is shocking. It's to me. lost all meaning to me. Yeah. Susan. 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 It's like what a bird would, I feel like a bird would make that noise. Susan. <laughs> like, like, a, it's like a herring or something. <laughs> a what? Herring. That's a fish. No, nah. it's not. A herring? Yeah, it's, it's a, bird. a bird, you dipshit. <laughs> it's a fish. Don't even. Do not edit this it's, out. When you Google this later and you see what a herring is, boy, you better leave this in the podcast. Are you talking about a heron? Oh, what's a herring? It's fish. a fucking fish. No, it's uh-huh. like a canned fish. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wait, oh, wait, yeah, now you're really When you Google this uh-huh. later, Austin, you're going to feel like such a dipshit. No, I do feel stupid, but I was thinking of heron. What's that? Can I see what a herring looks like? No. Show do me. it on your it's own time. Tall no. Bird. We're doing it right now. Herring. Heron. Are they this one letter off? Nope. How do you spell heron? Oh, boy, it's a fucking a, fish. That is a there fish. it is. What does a heron look like? Are we oh, recording? yeah, we are. That's what I was thinking of. Boy, well, I really thought that had to be. You're right. Listen, I'll take the hit, man. I say fucked it. up. Say it. Hair, er, hair, uh, hair, heron. Heron. 
Okay. Face sure. it, Stone. You're excommunicated. <laughs> what other choice do we have? Effective as of the moment you breached Cuban airspace, you're stripped of command of the special response team. The SRT itself in its entirety is suspended until we have time to decide what to do with it. You can borrow the Secret Service plane to get home. I suggest you do that immediately. This guy's so angry. The line went dead. It took a moment to sink in with Luke what had just happened. He spent most of his career outside the normal boundaries. Don Morris had brought him on in the early days of the SRT, precisely because Luke didn't paint inside the lines. He thinks outside the box. You're confused because your mind is clouded by your shame. Oh, my hair and shame. Yeah, it is. This is the typical action movie. You're off the case, pal. Now oh, he's got to yeah. go find. Now he's going to go he's rogue. find a team. How to? Yeah, he's going to go save the day and then get back onto the force. Yeah. This is a plot of. He's going to team up with Jackie Chan and then uh, and, and Chris Tucker. This is a plot of MacGruber. And literally <laughs> every, every like nearly exactly every movie. like cop, <laughs> cop buddy cop movie out there. Oh, or yeah. like end of the world government yeah. official movie. Well, Point Break had that plot point too. Don't they excuse him from the force and then he fights his way back on? Yeah. I have a hard time remembering the plot of Point Break. Are you kidding me? There's a lot of surfing. Yeah. There's a lot of surfing. But what's the plan? We don't have to get into it now. Later on after the show. There's a group of robbers. Johnny Utah is. Oh, yeah. He infiltrates that surfing group of robbers that were the the president's master. That's presidents. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then he joins them and he's like doing crimes with them. Right. But then he busts them. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember this. And then he fights Patrick Swayze in the air. But then how does it end with him dying in a big wave? He doesn't die. He doesn't? Patrick, You mean Patrick Swayze? Yes. He dies. It's implied. Is it ambiguous? No, the the implication is that... He's either going to die out there or get arrested on the beach. And he says, you know what? He lets him go. He lets him go. Because he's going to go die. He'd rather die in the waves than be caged up. Mm. It's beautiful. Can't keep a cage. It's pretty beautiful. Caged bird. Gotta let him free. Well, that's what really happened to Patrick Swayze. He's gone. He's free. Life imitated art. Mm. Yeah. And he made that movie Ghost, which... It's the sequel. It all comes together. So that movie. That's an offensive way to end this. <laughs> Maybe we should cut out all this talk about Patrick Swayze. <laughs> okay, let's jump ahead now. What was that, 50? Jump ahead to 75%. Let's go. Right, 75% of the way through, we got Shane looking for a little gunplay. Let's see if we can sate his bloodlust. Not even blood, just a little pops and bangs, you know? Oh, you, know, you, don't, want to, you don't want the bullets to hit anybody. No, like an A-team fight. You want, oh, pew, okay. Pew. You want bullets whizzing by, going through a guy's hat as it spins off his head above his uh, yeah. head. And then like maybe uh, some people dancing, going to their boots. For me, like that. that's high drama that's that's, that's a good someone stuff. shoots an oil barrel some oil spills out and all the bad guys slip on it and fall yeah that, exactly. that sort of shit yeah mm-hmm. some guy shoots a, another guy's overalls off and he jumps inside a barrel and puts that on instead <laughs> someone is driving a car and then they jump out of it and then they shoot the car once and it explodes yeah i hope all that happens Six fifteen p.m the sky's above the persian gulf near damum saudi arabia Hey, damn them if you got them. Mm. Water bodies, that is. Two American F-18 Super Hornets flew combat air patrol along the Saudi coast. Commander Henry Hank Anderson glanced at the radar. We were just talking about the nicknames for Henry, and there is the only one. It's nice of them to say the, the legal first name. <laughs> Henry Howell. <laughs> What's his last name there? Anderson. Anderson. There was a lot of tension out here today. 
It was so thick you could slice a hunk off and chew on it. Oh, so Ed's there? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I heard chunk. <laughs> heard hunk, chunk, chew, Ed. Mm. It was... His patrol had diverted a couple of mock attacks from Royal Saudi Air Force F-15s in the early afternoon. Now, up ahead, three fighters had taken off from King Abdulaziz Air Base. Mm. He radioed air control. Berries, berries, this is 101. Do you read? Copy, 101. We got three bogeys leaving Abdulaziz. Number one appears to be on the intercept heading. Distance. The air controller said. I'm at 20,000 feet. Hank said. What's that? Bogey at eight miles and closing. He's turning left. Uh, giving us a little bit of left aspect. Uh, I'm in uh, single target track. Oh, boy. Do they type out all the ahs? Uh, or is this a uh, so he's performance? He's a riffer. 101, hold your heading. No time. He's in character. You can't talk to us now. Hank said. <laughs> they played these games all the time. It was usually American <laughs> planes and Iranians. Once in a while, Americans and Russians. In the past 24 hours, it had been the Saudis. Hank didn't watch the news much, but he knew about the bioweapon attack on American <laughs> soil. I don't watch the news. I just drop the bombs, baby. I don't need to know why. I just need to know where. Everybody knew. He also knew that an American intelligence agent had tortured and maybe shot a member of the Saudi royal family. uh, In the hand. Again, a a terrible tragedy for the world. And things were tense up here today. That much was true. Hank didn't have much use for the Saudis. That also was true. Wow. The Saudi fighter jet had turned. (laughs) That really impacted Ganesh. And was heading directly toward him again. (laughs) I felt all right with it. Uh, Various. This is 101. Uh, bogey's got me on his nose now. Six miles out. Bogey's got me on his nose, huh? He waited a moment and watched that approaching <laughs> Usually a, plane. a nose has the bogeys in it. That's what I'm talking about. I, uh, you know what I'm I saying? I lob them and you hit him out of the park. Oh. They were both going very fast, headed on a near collision course. Uh, <laughs> I'm going altitude. very fast on a collision course. It starts off with uh, a 10 second. Uh, uh, 20,000 feet. Hold your heading, 101. The plane's coming right up. Uh, one mile barriers. Here we go. Hank had a visual signal on the Saudi plane. It was an F-15 Strike Eagle coming at lightning speed. Suddenly, the plane fired. Barriers, I'm fired upon. Hank's heart skipped a beat in his chest. His hands moved automatically with no input from his conscious mind. His plane banked hard left and gained altitude. He oversteered and put himself nearly upside down. He rolled, still banking hard. A missile flew by within 100 meters. It zipped past, exploded in the air less than a mile away. The shockwave hit him and his plane shuddered. This counts as gunplay, right? Total gunplay. This is High altitude gunplay. This is even better than I imagined. This is heavy artillery. 101? 101? Uh, Copy. He said. Status? Uh, <laughs> one on one, you are clear to engage. You are clear to defend yourself. Uh, Roger, berries. Hank knew his rules of engagement meant he could fire back when fired upon. It wasn't on his to-do list when he woke up today, but it was always a possibility. He banked the plane around to his left and back. He fell in behind the F-15, which was running south. The other two F-15s were nowhere in sight. Hank controlled his breathing and maintained his posture. That was close, but he was operational, and he was on the bogey's tail. Ooh. Get that bogey, Hank. Pick it. Uh, Take it. Take him any 
time? He said, take him. There, he said. I can shoot him down. Affirmative 101, shoot him down, shoot him down. Apprehensive. Shoot it. Shoot him down. Shoot it. Hank locked on with a Sidewinder missile. I'm going to shoot. Fox 2, he said, using the brevity code for the Sidewinder. Fox 2, berries. Roger. Hank lost the missile. Ganesha's breaking a sweat on this one. Uh, Fox 2 away. <laughs> the missile shrieked across the sky between Hank and the F-15, closing the distance in a few seconds. The F-15 didn't even seem to take evasive action. Hank pulled up hard as the missile hit home. He saw a flash of white light and the F-15 spinning out of control. Uh-oh. 101, did you kill him? Hank glanced back and below. That Saudi plane spiraled down towards the waters of the Persian Gulf as he watched the pilot ejected. Picturesque. Hank looked for the pilot's parachute to open. It didn't happen. The man's body in the dark flight suit dwindled and disappeared as it fell toward the water. Yeah, I just killed the guy. Uh, his suit is not deploying. He's falling free. Roger, 101. Barry said. Confirmed F-15 kill. Nice shot. As Hank turned back to rejoin his patrol, he could feel his heart rate and his breathing start to normalize. He wasn't much for politics. That was quick. I'd probably be freaking out for like a couple days. He fell to his best left to the politicians, who he wasn't much for either. The whole thing seemed like it could turn on a dime and frequently did. A radical centrist. All the same, he didn't want to be the guy firing shots that started World War III. Too late. You just did. Maybe just don't be in the military then. Yeah. yeah. Go get another job. Literally. Any other job. Sworn these guys were uh, our buddies yesterday when I woke up. Roger that. Barry said. <laughs> Not a lot Man. of commentary from <laughs> War is pretty crazy, huh? War wow. is sick. What's it good for? Nothing. Say it again. Sure. Yeah, that was exciting, but I don't really know who those characters were, and I don't care. I felt like it felt like I was in the cockpit. Yeah. Thanks, Ganesh. Yeah, thank you, Ganesh. That was great. Great acting. Try my best. Another three cheers for Ganesh. You uh, know, you really nailed the pilot fiction. Deme- demeanor. Yeah. Yeah. You do a good pilot. You do a good uh, break and like a walkie talkie. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. So that was the 75% mark. Are we almost done here? Yeah. We're going to the end. Yeah. Let's just rock it on through this bad boy and take it home. Okay, here we go. An exciting uh, war story. Let's jump to the end and see how this plays out. Although I think that this is like there's many more in a series, right? So who knows if we'll get any closure. But uh, let's 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 get in here to the last page. Chapter forty six. <laughs> is that real? <laughs> That's real. Too many. How many pages is this book? This is page two twenty four of two twenty eight. So like there's, there's like tiny four chapters. pages of chapters or something. Five pages. Is that right? Is my math that off? Six? Keeps them turning. That's right. Like a little da Vinci code. digestible bits. Love it. 745 PM, the Capitol Grill, Washington, DC. Hey, that's a real place. Ever been there? Me? Yeah. No, have you? No. I think I have. Is it near the zoo? Does it say? Yeah, it says we were overlooking the giraffes. <laughs> it smelled like shit. <laughs> How's your steak? Ed said. Tastes like rhino. The whole place is a zoo. Am I right, folks? Hey, come on. That's uh, DC. The zoo's up on Capitol Hill. Come on. Hey. The restaurant glimmered with wealth. DC power brokers huddled up in booths along the wall. Really? After a coup of the entire government, these guys are still out here making FaceTime at the grill. Maybe 
hiding in your bunker by at this point. They love the perks. Perks of the job. Waiters in Comp. black. Comp. Comped food. Comp. Comped food. Waiters in black vests hustled to and fro. Maybe a per diem, too. I don't know. You probably get a per diem when you're in Congress, right? A couple bucks, go and get yourself a burger. I don't know how it works. Get some blow. Get some burger. <laughs> the city was still under heightened security. Go buy, and- buy a kid from uh, the ping pong pizza place or whatever. <laughs> Who knows what these little fucking freaks are up to there in DC. <laughs> Men in hazmat suits man the streets corners, taking the temperatures of passerby with infrared thermometers. This one's hot. Put them down. What are you cooking in there? <laughs> and washed over by squads of National Guard from four states. Life went on, he supposed. Luke and Ed sat at a round table for four with a white tablecloth and a small lamp in the middle of it. Romantic. They had a bottle of wine and two fat steaks in front of them. Ed's biceps were bursting out of his sleeves. <laughs> Ed was craving some fucking protein. Oh. <laughs> Luke looked up at the large photograph of Jimi Hendrix on the wall. Ed's crutches leaned against the table. It's good, Luke said. Really good. He didn't have the heart to tell Ed that he was more of a 99% fat-free chicken kind of guy. Mm. I love it here. I love my well-done steak. Thank you, Ed. Mm. It's great food. It breaks apart my mouth like glass. (laughs) You eat a lot of steak, Luke said. Ed smiled. You kidding? I eat steak and eggs for breakfast. I know. It shows. (laughs) (laughs) You do look like that kind of guy, Ed. (laughs) Luke took a swig of his wine. He chewed on a lump of meat and some garlic mashed potatoes. He had to admit the food was good. It was thick and heavy and good. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Does it really say that? Yeah. Good. It was, it Did these guys have a history? I think they do. I think they sense a sense of little flirtation. Yeah. Ed was drinking tonight. He was talking more than Luke was accustomed to. Oh, getting all handsy. Feel the foot coming over under the table. <laughs> How's the wife? Ed, is that your size 16 down there? <laughs> is your size 16 rubbing on my penis? Br- br- balls. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts, Ed. Those are steel-toed boots, buddy. <laughs> I think Luke. you have a knife in that boot, too. <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> Take my uh, bayonet out of my boot. Oh, sorry, I'm wearing my war clothes right now. <laughs> Luke shrugged. She let my she let me take my son out today. That's a start. Ed's eyes had a devilish glint. And Trudy? I called her yesterday. She's, uh, uh, she's dead, I think. I told her if they really break up the special response team, she can probably write her own ticket. I'll give her the highest recommendation. Tell her tell anyone and everyone there's nothing to this whole Don Morris thing. Hmm. Ed shook his head. Not exactly what I'm talking about. Luke didn't like where this was going. Saying did you lay the pipe? Oh, that other thing? Luke said. She told me it was a mistake. I agreed with her. She said she loved you. Oh, That's no. what I heard right before you jumped out of the chopper. Oh. <laughs> That's really cool. That's a great thing to say before you jump out of a chopper. What? I love you. He was saying it to Ed, though. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy was I like, love you, Ed. <laughs> I didn't hear the, the name that came out, but I think it was to Trudy. Luke nodded. She said she meant that part. She loves me like a brother. The brother she never had. Ed nodded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is that some uh-uh? <laughs> uh-huh. 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 He took another sip of his wine. It looked like blood in his glass. I, I like it. That's wine for you. Some congealed ass wine, dude. Weirdly, it was a white. 
You think they're gonna break up the special response team for real? I'm not sure if I care, Luke said. <laughs> hey, join the club. I've been talking about retiring a lot. Maybe it's time. I'm toying with teaching college. What, killing? Ed smiled. I think you'll make a lousy college professor. How to murder a whole family? One-on-one. Just then, Luke's phone started to ring. Intro to genocide. It was on the table in front of him. <laughs> he had it on ringer and vibrated at the same time. That's how, that's when you really want to know you're getting a call. That's what you do. That's what all like old middle-aged men do. Middle-aged yeah. people all have the same ringtone, and it's just a big blaring like air horn. You ever see somebody on the train and it's just like, bah, bah. it's like, why mm-hmm. is that your ringtone? They love the alert. That's all they can hear. Also, a shocking amount of baby boomers always have their uh, their flashlight on. You ever see that? I see that all the time. People on the train always have like their flashlight on and somebody has to be like, oh, your f- extremely bright light is on. Like, How do you not I've see that? I've never seen that. Maybe. Sometimes I see it on Maybe like, you're the one pockets. with the light on. Yeah, maybe. yeah, I see that too. I see a little shining light in, the, in an old boomer's pocket and I'm like, this idiot's like, gonna, his battery is going to be dead by 11 a.m. Good. Yeah. They don't need to be online. No. Or, no, out, no, no. or in public even. Luke looked at it. He saw the number on the screen and his gut twisted. It was the president. You going to answer that? 1-800-MIX-A-LOT. <laughs> Ed said, or you want me to? He stared across the table at Ed. It's her. Ed shrugged. He shoved a thick chunk of steak into his mouth. Who else? A moment passed and it continued to buzz. What could it be now? Luke wondered. A congratulations? Another crisis? This time, uh, he didn't want to know. It was time to live his life again. He earned it. Luke reached out and placed the phone face down on the table. Then, before it could buzz again, he powered it off. Ed smiled back at him. More wine? Oh! He asked, gesturing to the waiter. This time, Luke smiled back. You got it, baby. More wine, Mm. he replied. Wow. Wow. Meanwhile, the president is being assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> Help me, Luke, please. Uh, yeah, those guys are definitely hooking up. Yeah, they're they're, ba- they're banging, which I'm I'm a proponent of. This guy is yeah. basically Michael Scarn. He is. Yeah, it's very Michael Scarny. I get that. Yeah. Um, and then Ed is just a big hulking, sexy piece of meat. Man, meat. I wish he was real. I wish I knew him. Wow. So that was a. <laughs> Funny book. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. I liked it. It's it's rare to see like an action book like this closing on two men enjoying wine. <laughs> yeah, but it's refreshing. I gotta yeah. say, this is out of all the like the the thriller like uh, books we've read. I think it's probably my favorite one. I agree. I think it's definitely the most cohesive in terms of I understood what was happening in the story the whole time. Yeah, yeah. and the action was like pretty cool, and, and it wasn't super outrageously. Yeah, it had a cool bad. action scene, but we didn't lose any of our main characters to tragic deaths. That's a good book. Um, all right. You want to cast it? You want to cast this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's cast, cast it. Uh, so Luke. Who's Luke? I'm thinking Josh Brolin. Works for me. He's, what do you guys think? He's, he's good at that. He seems like a kind of guy who would fly an airplane, but also be a gruff asshole. Well, Hank flew the airplane. No. Well, what is he? But he's still. Uh, oh, no. He's just. He shot that guy in the hand. He shot that guy in the hand. Oh, yeah. He didn't really do much. Like, we didn't read anything that he did. Like He didn't do anything like super cool. I confess. I was thinking of Hank. Hank should be played by the guy who plays Hank in Breaking Bad. That's the end of that. The bald guy? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I still say Josh Brolin for uh, Luke, the, the FBI guy. Yeah, that works. Um, and then the only character that matters, Big Ed. Ed, this is a tough one. Who's the, who's the actor that plays Luke Cage? That's who I was thinking about. Oh, yeah, he's great. No, it should be Ving Rhames. That's Ving Rhames, Terry Crews. Terry Crews is Terry too Crews friendly. 
Ving Rhames can. This guy somebody. was pretty friendly. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like a eh, okay. You don't I think like Terry true. like also you I don't think I Terry Crews could like turn on him and be terrifying? Guess, I'm sure he could. I guess he could. Vin Diesel. Yeah. No, no, no. He's black. It was explicitly said that he was black. Yeah. And I don't think that Vin was like the first black. description about him. Shane is this I see it in his eyes. He's about to say, Isn't Vin Diesel black? <laughs> <laughs> the answer? No. All right. Well I so, want you to push this as hard as I did the herring. No. <laughs> I won't. I will never. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, he's. Uh, I think. What is he? What is Vin Diesel? Is he like? I want to guess. Is he what, a, you want to all guess? He's a here's producer. What, he director, falls. He falls actor. right. I'll tell you where he falls for me. Is right in the Rashida Jones level of could be Italian, could be half black I, and I half think white. He, if I had to guess, I would say like maybe like Dominican. Or Dominican like, or like Puerto Rican, like no, half. No, he's, he's like a mix. He's a mix so. of something. I think he's either half black and half white or Italian. Is this the most offensive conversation we've ever had on this podcast? No, that's not even. We had. More, I had trying to guess someone's ethnicity. I was defending child traffickers earlier. Uh, this is the most offensive fair, conversation fair. we've had in the last thirty minutes. Uh, I think, which by the way, again, he's he's whatever he's, he's not very, a fan of trafficking, but Liam Neeson killed too many people. Anyway, yeah, he's uh, he's ethnically ambiguous. It's really it's really hard to. Talk. I want to know what he is. Shane, are you looking it up? Nope. No. Uh, Look it up. We'll edit around this. I want to know. It's well, we need to give the people what they want. He never knew his biological father. Oh my god! This is what a story this has turned out to be. His mom is white. She's. English, German, Scottish, and Irish. His adopted father is African American. Oh, so he's still a mystery. The mom knows, so she's not spilling the beans. Is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Vin, you do you, buddy. But either way, he's not playing Ed because Ed is a strong black man. I mean, real black. That's all I'm saying. I'm envisioning, I think Bing Rames is perfect for me. He's a little old, but I'm talking like Pulp Fiction Bing Rames. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I think Ed is probably the best character we've ever had in any book. Bing Rames is already like in these types of movies. Yeah. In well, kind of that role. Yeah. Mission exactly. Impossible. Or, you know what it could be is like 80s Carl Weathers. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. No, because Carl, Carl Weathers isn't big. He was yeah. in the 80s back when he was in like fucking Predator, uh, Predator and stuff. Yeah. He was I'm picturing like a, like a tall... Like hulking Le- man, like a LeBron Idris James. Dude, LeBron LeBron's James. actually not bad. <laughs> LeBron would be great. Yeah, or like a Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, yeah. Shaq, Prime Shaq. Shaq's a little too dopey, but too yeah, dumb. Prime Shaq maybe. Even then, he was kind of dopey. He was yeah, like, let's do like a LeBron, maybe a Charles Barkley. I could see that. Prime Charles Barkley. He's a little. Too, he's a kind of weird Southern thing going on for sure. Is there anybody else in this book? Yeah. Oh, the Trudy. Trudy. The president. Oh, the president. Yeah, Trudy. You got a monk. President. Oh, well, we already know monk. That's <laughs> that's a Shalhoub role from top to bottom. Oh, yeah. uh, I think the president is uh, what's her name? Jillian Anderson from the X Files. Or Julianne Moore. Maybe. You thinking redhead? Julia Louis Dreyfus. No, no, no. I don't even buy her in Veep. Well, that's like the whole joke, right? I, mean, I guess. I don't know. There's not, I mean, I like Veep, but she's never struck me as somebody that people would actually vote for. But what do I know? I didn't think anybody was going to vote for a, you know. Scrump. Scrump. Yeah, that little bitch. Who else do we have? We have Trudy. Trudy. I can't stop thinking about my grandma. Let's have that woman that was in Lady Bird and Roseanne. What's her oh, name? Oh, Lori Metcalf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great. Yeah, I could see her as Trudy. She's an amazing actress. Yeah, that's good. I think that's a great cast, right? Is there anybody else? I think that's it. We've we've wrung this uh, rag dry. All right. That was a good book. I liked it. Thank you for spending over an hour with us. 
frankly too long much more time than you should have spent listening to us but thanks uh you can find us at bookclubpodcast.com you can find us at amz and book club on facebook and twitter and instagram thanks to morris reese for the music chris linguist for the artwork thanks to my good friends ganesh and shane here for having fun you're welcome just having a good time uh all right that's it now uh uh come, uh, come back come back again bye uh-uh. bye uh-uh. 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 Uh-uh.